Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion. This episode is hosted by myself, Melanie Dawn. I am holding down the fort solo today. And as much as that scares the life of me, I'm really excited to be here. There is something that has been popping up on my radar for some time now. And to be honest and and so truthful with you guys is I never really had an answer. And it was something that I almost avoided or feared um, for people to ask me. And that is, how do I know what my purpose is? How do I find my purpose? And for me, that was this is a lifetime of work for me. And now I've just come to realize that one, do you believe you have a purpose? Most of us do believe that there is a purpose out there. There are some who don't. And so if you don't believe you have a purpose, this is probably not your podcast because we're going to dive deep into the purpose of you. How do you know you have a purpose? Because you were born. You are a soul that incarnated in this human form. And I love the human form because we are now able to access equal parts human to equal parts spirit. And for me, my path, my purpose, my dharma has been in teaching equal parts human, equal parts spirit. So this is the perfect episode for me. I'm looking so forward to sharing it with you. So number one, do I believe I have a purpose? If you were born, I think it's hard to believe that you don't. Something magical brought you here into existence. Yes, science was involved in it play. The humanness was involved in it play. But there is some spark of spirit that is within you. How do you know what your purpose is? It's really simple, guys. It is incredibly simple. It's you. You are your purpose. Whatever you're doing right now, you're living your purpose. Whatever you want to do, that's your purpose. Whatever your soul is calling for, that's your purpose. Everything that you do, everything that you have done, everything that your parents have done and ancestors have done have led you to this moment in time to become your purpose. You don't even have to become it. You already are it. There's nothing you need to do other than to follow your heart. Part of our purpose can be overwhelming because we see so many people saying, I'm just living my purpose. And it looks really different than what everyone else's purpose might look like. We get stuck in these wounds and and part of uh, not being able to find our purpose or, or believing we have a purpose or how do I get there is these wounds that separate us. And I'll, I'll dive into those a little bit as well. Um, they are our compass. So many people will teach that you need to um, undo limiting beliefs. You need to become something more than you already are to live in your purpose. But this is so untrue. These wounds that you're working through These are brilliant, brilliant compasses on your journey. And there are a few distinct ones that you'll recognize. And I know I've worked through and still continue to trudge through them. I I did this this morning and I believe so much in divine timing. And I put off doing this podcast. I've known for a long time that I wanted to do this podcast on purpose. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And I had the time to do it. I just told myself I didn't, but this was why. This morning I woke up, I had ample time, everything was peaceful, and I don't usually go straight for my phone, but today I was like, oh, I've got enough time. You know, I've got time for everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously, I was lying to myself. My my throat chakra is like, no, you didn't. Um, I believed that 
this was important for me to look at this morning and to go on the social media. I started to scroll and, and I was in a really peaceful place. It was beautiful. And then before I knew it, I started to feel this anxiousness, this overwhelm. Um, my body started to seize up. My breath became shorter. And all of this would have gone without me noticing had I not have had my meditation practice already in place. So every morning when I wake up, I'll meditate and then I go on about my day. And so first I looked at the socials and then I started to, all of a sudden my joy was gone and I still did my meditation practice. The moment I went into my meditation practice, I watched my thoughts and it was literally like the gripping of you are not enough. You'll never be enough. Everyone else is so much better than you. Why are you even trying? Like the dialogue was monstrous. It was um, so incredibly loud, so incredibly debilitating. But where the freedom lied is that I could separate myself from these thoughts. In my meditative practice, I could see that these thoughts were not really me, that they were something, a wound that I was working through. They were healing that needed to be done. And part of that healing was the judgment that I wasn't already enough, that I hadn't already achieved my purpose, that my path wasn't already formed. And, and that can be enough of an overwhelm to really freeze you. It can be enough of an overwhelm to take every bit of motivation you had for your day away. So I, I, I am, uh, you know, pleading to you guys, if, if you are scrolling every morning, if this is if this is the way you start your day, I, I beg of you to take a moment after you've done that and just really check in with, is this something that has caused me to feel joy or is this something that has caused me to feel less than? Because we get stuck in this pattern of feeding our wounds our wounds are just begging to be fed. And for me, social media is just a, a feast for my wounds that I'm not enough or that there's so much judgment out there on, and judging others as well. I, I don't claim to, to not do that. Um, this is the humanness in me and judgment is a compass that I use quite often. So we'll go into these compasses of purpose and what they look like. And the number one compass is judgment. The moment that we cast out a judgment on ourselves or on others, this is a wound that is begging to be seen. This is a wound that is begging to be healed or become healed through this uh, form of judgment. So if I'm looking out and I see, um, let's go to social media, just because this is uh, right at the forefront for me today. So if I'm looking out and I see all these people with all these beautiful um, reels and, and perfectly composed um, messages, succinct messages and reels, I have a really hard time becoming succinct. Um, I feel like the messaging gets lost when I try to become succinct. But it's the paradox. I want to become something I'm not. I'm a speaker. I'm a talker. My, my medicine is talk. So if I was to take out my voice and to start doing these uh, pointing reels where they just have their captions and they point, I feel like I lose my messaging. But if I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I need to become this, like, I can't tell you how many times I've saved these reels and be like, okay, you can come up with something, Melanie, you can come up with something that's like this, like this is magic. That's her magic. That's not my magic. That's her magic. So I never actually end up going back to those. But, you know, stay in your magic. Where do you feel most comfortable? Where do you feel safest showing up? And I don't mean safe, like stay in your bed all day. I mean, what feels authentic to you? What is your voice? 
And maybe that's overwhelming because you are so inundated with messaging. You are so inundated with everyone else's purpose and path. Become quiet and, and really start to, to watch how you show up best. Ask your friends, what, what is the best qualities about me? And then start to pay attention to those and then cultivate those and, and notice what you're judging in others. This is what we're working on right now. This is current for us. So let's say that um, I, I've, stu- I've really, really struggled with the um, path of teaching human and spirit. The paradox of it is, is that I envy those who are so spiritual and so untouched by the humanness of us. So if they can stay so neutral and out of judgment all the time, it is, uh, it's a suffering for me, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's a suffering that I want to be that way because I'm not meant to be that way. I'm not wired to be that way. Not this point in my life anyways. I am meant to teach the, the full compass of human emotions because I experience them all. I am meant to teach that judgment is a form of healing if we turn it back towards ourselves. I am meant to teach that spirit is here to serve and we are here to act. So these are, are my path and my dharma and no one teaches it quite like me. So if I'm trying to be someone else, I lose all of the magical ingredient that is me. I don't know if I went way off on a tangent there, but that, that, that keeps coming up for me so loud is that we are paradoxes. Whatever we resist, so I judged myself for my humanness. I'm too volatile. I'm too loud. Loud is a big one for me. I always um, got told that I don't have a whisper that I can be uh, a somewhat of an embarrassment with how loud my voice is, but my voice has, has uh, like paradoxically and ironically turned out to be my biggest gift. And it was the thing I feared the most about myself. And so whatever we fear about ourselves, that's probably where our power is. That's probably uh, where our medicine is and, and what, what our per- true purpose is if we sit in it. Here's another core wound for you is this. Um, fear of being seen. Our cells and DNA, our cells have memory. And this is from ancestors. So anyone who really rose up and let their voice be heard, there was a punishment at the end of that. So let's look at the witches. Let's look at someone like Martin Luther King. Anytime that their voice has been heard, that there has been, their life has ended. There's a real fear in our DNA and encoded in our cells that if we stand up, if we make our voice be heard, that we are actually unsafe, that this is a threat to our survival. So our, our brain has programmed us to stay really small and to quiet our voice. This isn't so true for most of us. We aren't making huge strides across a, a socio platform that will risk our lives. W- what we are actually at risk of is becoming rejected or becoming isolated or becoming abandoned, or the real truth of it is maybe things change so wildly that we don't recognize our lives anymore. This is a real thing. We are primal beings that are coded for safety and security first. Safety and security foremost above all else. So if the mind is perceiving this as a threat to our security, it's going to shut you down. It's going to shut you down so fast and so hard that maybe your voice never gets to be heard. So this is how we come into this is through a, a, a space of mindfulness. 
How do I want my voice to be heard? What is safe for me to show up in this moment right now? Is there actually a fear or a threat to my survival and my safety? If there's not, then I say do it. Do it, do it, do it. Share your voice, share what you've got, share your medicine. Another thing is that there's this fear of judgment. Why? Because we're judgy MFers anyways. So if we're sitting in our seat of judgment, we're absolutely going to feel the judgment of others. When I do go through long phases, and and let me just say very clearly that um, I don't judge from a, a seat of better than most of the the space of judgment is back towards myself. If it does get directed out, I know that that is a huge pain point for me, a huge wound. And I, I am in absolute reverence for that person that I'm judging, that they can mirror back to me where I need to be healed. So it doesn't come in, in a form of evilness, of lack of purity. It is my wound screaming at me through judgment. So when we are looking out and we're judging others, who we're really judging the most is ourselves. It's always, always, always ourselves. If you're in, in, a, in a space where you feel safe and you aren't judging yourself, the, the fact that other people may judge you doesn't even come up on your radar because you're in your own bubble. We are pretty nuclear beings and whatever we're feeling, experiencing, we believe that the whole world is, which is just not true or accurate. If things start to change, this can become a huge um, block in, in doing what you're called to do. We don't like change. Change means that maybe our, our survival or safety becomes at risk in the primal brain. Our bodies re- physically, physically repel change because change in the past, in uh, a long time ago as we were evolving, meant that we were at risk, that there was something to be afraid of. Change is so incredibly scary for the body. So these are, are wounds that are, are coming up again. Is like, is this real or is this fictitious? Is this a cellular memory from me or is this a current reality for me? Watch out for those fears. Watch out how they surface and when they surface. There is so much for you if you're watching how you're responding to your environment and then digging a little deeper and going, why? Why am I responding this way? When was the first time I felt this way? What happened there? Oh, right. Yes, that wound needs to be healed. Yep. Yeah. So it could go all the way back to even um, grade one. Maybe you were picked last uh, as a a part of a team. That is absolutely going to play into your, I'm not accepted. I'm not enough. And maybe that you need to go back and heal that that wound for that little girl or that little boy. And someone always has to be the last one. And the last one is not the worst one. There's a healing that needs to be done there. So whenever you feel this, go in and say, how am I feeling? When was the first time I felt this way? Is there some healing that needs to be done here? And then go in with compassion and see it through new eyes. See it through a different lens, a lens that knows you're safe that knows you're loved, that knows that you are enough. (laughs) So that leads me to my next core wound is that we ultimately aren't enough, that we believe that we don't have any special gift, that we believe that that everyone else was encoded with this magic but us. We got missed on the assembly line, that there is something so wrong with us that 
we are afraid to be seen. But that is just an absolute lie. That is uh, coded messaging from a child. We do from birth to uh, prior birth, pre-birth. So from conception until age seven, we are in a constant state of downloading. This constant state of downloading is for us to stay safe and to create our, our stories and memories and belief systems that will keep us safe and keep us alive. That's their their primary purpose. Their primary purpose is not for growth or thriving. It's for just for survival. So if you, um, I can't speak because I, I have my own unique background and I don't know, um, I don't know if it exists, a home where there isn't an accidental belief system formed at the very least. So let's say that your home is perfect, that your home has been just a refuge and a sanctuary for, for you. But you came downstairs at five years old and you saw your mother crying at the sink and she was washing your dish. And you just see your mom weeping, washing your dish. And you are too scared to ask her what's going on. So your little mind starts to form that your, your mother is crying because she has to do your dishes. Or there's some kind of break there that you have made her cry. You know, we're so uh, nuclear as children. Our experience is not where you're at right now. It's so limited. And you have been your whole life. Everything has revolved around you from the point of a baby. And if it hasn't, then that's an equal, equal wound of I'm not enough. But we create this dialogue inside of us that it's always us. It's always us who who has created this. And so if I, let's say after that, you decide that you will never, ever use that dish again, that that dish has made your mother cry, that dish isn't safe. And so you develop this aversion to using, let's say, a salad bowl. And through the rest of your life, there's this weird aversion to not being able to use a salad bowl because it's going to injure someone. It's going to hurt someone. And this is like a very shallow, limited um, analogy for you. We could go so much deeper. Um, even just like me breaking down a lot of my limiting beliefs. My dad was a very private man. And this is my truth. It is, it, I, you know, I don't know what his is. So this is my truth. But my dad was a very private man. He would leave and he would say, I would say, where are you going? Where are you going? And he would say, uh, top secret, which I later thought that I thought it was a joke or he would say on a need to know basis only. And we would laugh and it was funny. But then um, just recently, I realized how traumatic that was for me that I didn't deserve the truth. I didn't deserve to know where he was going because I was not enough. And, you know, like so that and even as a child, I would laugh. We would both laugh. It was a joke. I'm sure to this day, because I have not, I hope he doesn't hear this by listening to the podcast, but I have not shared that with him is that how traumatic that was for me. It just, just recently came up that this was, uh, from a male standpoint, I didn't deserve to know males were better than females and that they had their own private life that I shouldn't be privy to. This has interrupted and disrupted my life in so many vicious ways from that one thing that I laughed about as a child. So digging into these belief systems can be extremely painful and extremely liberating all at the same time. Because once we know that, we're able to really focus then on, okay, so this is my belief. This is how I got to where I am. How do I retrace this in the next moment? So in any relationship with my partner, if, if he doesn't tell me 
the full truth, not by being vicious or hiding it or anything. It's, it tells me I'm not enough. Right away, I, I feel that, um, and he's not, of course, intentionally doing this, but I take it as that I'm not enough. I take it as my wound. And so then this leads me to our next core wound, which is to be too sensitive. I, I, for so long, I, um, let me figure out how to put this or where to start. Being sensitive is a gift, but being sensitive could also be a curse if you don't know how to ground yourself in this moment. If you don't know who you are separate from the energies that you receive, being sensitive can leave you immobilized. It can leave you stuck in your bed, stuck in your head, and inabil- uh, with the inability to act. So being sensitive becomes then uh, negative instead of turning it into and harnessing the, the true power that being sensitive is. And I hear so many people say this, is that they fear going into rooms because the energies are just too much and it overwhelms them. But do, they don't see that this is handing the power out and not harnessing it in. So if you could harness that power in and say, I'm highly sensitive and this is a gift, but I'm grounded in this moment. And I only invite the energies in that I want to feel, sense, and be around. We have that ability. We have that ability. We have the ability to choose who we share our energy with. And we have the ability to choose who we invite into our energy. You are not a victim. You are empowered through this. So your sensitivities then become a superpower. This highly sensitive bit can be if we if you read into everybody's energy, I want you to remember if you are this person that I want you to remember that you see their energy through your lens, that all of your stories, all of your wounds are then played upon their energy. And only when we can learn our wounds and we say, hmm, this feels really close. This feels like my wound is then when we can read clear, clear energy. Clear energy comes from an an immense knowing and journeying inside of knowing your own struggles and what color your lens is. I'll talk to you a little bit about um, what color lens we wear and how that affects us and even in the form of judgment. So this went way off of the path to your purpose, but it is all purpose driven, right? We're getting our, our purpose is us and our purpose is to explore who we are. And to realize that, okay, I see, I see the, the world through this lens that's highly sensitive to not being included. So for me, that's, that's it. I stopped asking and I still notice this about myself is very often I won't be the one to make the friend. Um, my, my new friends have to pursue me and inside I'm, I'm over uh, the moon. I'm delighted. But I would have never pursued them because I have this core wound that I'm not enough and I won't be included. I was obviously the last kid picked for um, games and things like that. So this is where my lens comes in. I have to say, okay, so am I perceiving this through, let's call my lens yellow. I'm looking through my yellow lens and someone has canceled on me and said, uh, not able to make it, but they don't give me a reason why. Can you imagine what that does to my lens? I go into it as like, oh, they've found something out about me. They've decided that they don't like me instead of that they had a last minute doctor's appointment come up or an ability to get in somewhere that they couldn't, you know, any other time. I can't see it through those eyes of ration. I see it through my yellow lens. 
And so then let's look through. Um, so then let's say that I respond or I don't respond because I'm injured. They've injured me and, and hurt me. My yellow lens has said they don't like you anymore. So don't don't reach out. So I just I don't reply. And then their blue lens of um, let's say that they have this core belief that um, everyone's against them. I don't reply. And then it's like, oh, well, now she's mad. Now she's mad at me and I have to defend this. And then so her blue glasses are on and my yellow glasses are on and we're both seeing the same situation, which we, d- we don't know each other's truth, but we've made up a story inside of ourselves. And this can be like the potential uh, catalyst to ending relationships is not being able to see that, oh, I'm actually seeing this text message through my colored lens. And let's talk about text messaging here too, is that we apply the tone. And so go through your text and, and just listen to your tone as you're reading your text inside your head. That's your lens. That is your lens. That's your lens's voice. And then imagine that your lens is something different, that you're secure, you're loved, and you're enough. And now go back through and read those texts. The tone changes, the energy changes. It's actually pretty incredible. I've done this myself is like I'll put on a few different pairs of glasses if uh, I get a, a text message because text messages are hilarious because they really show us who we are and what wounds we're working through. And so they, they, they actually are really good portals for healing. But yeah, try on a few different pairs of glasses as you read a text, especially if it has a charged energy behind it. So these are some of the wounds that prevent us from our purpose, which is us. My path has been so zigzagged myself, my, my own purpose and my own path. And um, one of the fears, the great fears that I have that prevents me from pulling the trigger on myself often is this huge fear of being um, non-fluid. So if I say that I believe something is one way and then in five years time I think something different I fear that so much I I fear the box I fear being trapped and so I notice that it prevents me from sharing a lot of what I know because I'm like ooh, you know this has probably changed over the course of even the last six months maybe it's been one month maybe it's been 10 years but I don't want to get trapped inside that box and so if that's you too know that you are absolutely a fluid human being you are meant to evolve you are meant to grow And in that sense, too, there is this um, reluctance to let go of who we are as beings in our past. Our minds live in the past and in the future. They're very seldom in the present moment. And so if we have done something in our past or something has been done to us, we believe that that becomes our identity, We believe that that's fixed in our nature and that we will never outgrow it and that people will always see us from that space. And let me tell you that people will always see you from that space as long as you hold that space for them to see you through. If you are holding that same space that you don't let that go, no one else will. But the moment you let that go, it gives everyone else the freedom to move on as well. So don't ever think that that you can't become something different than who you are right now. I like want to yell that from the rooftop is that our past and and how we've grown up and and the things that we've done, our teachings 
are meant to evolve us. They aren't meant to contain us. So your purpose is meant to grow with you. That's why I say your purpose is you. You are always living in your purpose right now, right in this moment. You may think, oh, I'm a nobody. This, you know, I haven't done anything. You have impacted someone. You have impacted this community, this collective, this energy. In some way or another, you have changed the collective energy just by being you. You didn't have to become Richard Branson. You didn't have to be, have a million followers or a talk show host like Oprah. This, these are, um, those are different, uh, how do I say, different scales or different levels of, you know, achieving your purpose. And it doesn't all have to show, I shouldn't even say levels. That's such a wrong word. I don't know how to say this, but it's just different expressions of purpose. If your purpose is meant to be quiet, then that's your purpose. If you are meant to have this quiet, peaceful state about you, embrace that. Embrace that. Run with it. Don't change a thing. Be who you are. Look at check in with your lens. Always check in with you. And you know, just stay so true to you. This is um, that's my answer, I guess, for all of the people who are wondering: Do I have a purpose? How do I find my purpose? And then how do I work with my purpose? It's all through your lens. The more you work with your core wounds, the more you work with your core beliefs, the more you work with, um, you know, judgment. Judgment is, uh, as a coach, trying to ask, um, like this sounds really judgmental of me, but it it just seems to be a pattern. Trying to ask yoga teachers about um, judgment. No one wants to admit they do it. Everyone wants to say, oh, no, no, I, I healed that long ago. That in itself is a judgment of yourself. So that you, you know, it takes your humanness away from you. It, it doesn't allow you to explore who you really are. What we judge and how we judge is those are real compasses for us and our work. So don't be afraid to go into those spaces. Don't shy away from them. They are where we need to look. I think I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. If you have any questions, that's amazing. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me on my social at the Melanie Dawn. I'd love to connect with you there. One of the things that I'd like to share with you as part of my path, purpose, and dharma is um, the priestess path, an initiation to the priestess, um, a sisterhood that I'm forming in the fall. It's a great container. Uh, If you have a sisterhood, you have support. You're being witnessed as you evolve and grow. And it's just going to be a beautiful container where we all come to learn ceremony, ritual, how to be of service, how to hold space, and ultimately how to hold space for ourselves in our pursuit of evolution. If that interests you at all, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Spiritual Boss. I so appreciated you listening. Please click subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast share it with your friends and leave a positive review so that more people can find us. If you'd like to email us at the spiritual boss, you can do so spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. We do check it. We are real people and we love to hear from you. I hope you all have such an amazing day and know that you are truly, truly incredible beings just by being born.